This is Action and Ambition, the show that takes you all over the world to share interviews with the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their backstory, get the most important lessons they've learned on their road to success, and hear exclusive tips on how to implement their success in your own life. Action and Ambition is brought to you by Entrepreneur Magazine and your host, Andrew Metal. Welcome to the Action and Ambition podcast. I'm your host today, Chase Geyser, and with us, we have a very special guest. Shardul Curie is an award-winning brand strategist and marketer with a demonstrated history in the hospitality industry. He currently leads Cultivate Hospitality, a hospitality-focused consultancy, helping groups develop new restaurant concepts, building brands, and leading their marketing efforts. Shardul, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. How are you today, sir? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you, and I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. One of the questions that I love to start with on this podcast is where was your mind at when you were 18? Um, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, you know, I went through high school thinking that I was going to be a doctor. And I, I think just before turning 18, I was like, you know, I can't take another science class or another math class. I'm going to go crazy. And so I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. And that's where I found graphic design and mm. found art school <laughs> and sort of went down a completely different path. How did your family feel about you going to art school instead of going to pre-med? Uh, you know, I think my mom was probably a little disappointed because she wanted to have a doctor in the family, right? But uh, as a, not even a first-generation Indian, I grew up, I was born in India. Uh, so, you know, from an Indian family going into art school, that was definitely a little um, not not so common. But I appreciate that my parents were very supportive and me wanting to do what made me happy. And, you know, they were great about it. That's awesome. So did, so I take it you went straight into art school and just started studying graphic design. Is that right? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. And then um, did you know that you were going to get in the advertising or marketing space eventually? Or did you think that you wanted to be an artist per se? I, I, well, I always knew that I was going to go into graphic design as my major, right? Which is always going to be a little bit more commercially driven than just traditional fine art. Right. Uh, I think that I expected to really stay in the design space. I think now that I've pivoted a little bit more into consulting and marketing, that was definitely a little bit more of a surprise just as my career and experience grew. That makes sense. What was your first sort of opportunity after graduating that got you down this road? Well, I am a fairly entrepreneurial person. So I knew through my days in college uh, working with all of my professors who all own their own small design agencies that I wanted to have a design firm at some point. So I made a lot of employment choices graduating college that were about what do I need to learn next? And so I worked for small branding agencies. I worked in-house at a huge biotech company running multi-million dollar trade show programs. Uh, I worked in an advertising agency that had a location in Los Angeles and New York. You know, and really it was about what were the different experiences that I can learn from. So that way I'd have a vast experience of knowledge to pull from when I was working with my own clients and growing my first agency. So did you start the company that you're at now, Cultivate Hospitality, or did you were you onboarded later on? No. So I started this agency. Okay. Uh, I had a previous branding specific agency that was industry agnostic prior to this. Sure. Uh, that I had that for about 10 years and then jumped ship, went to 
become a CMO for a celebrity chef uh, and help his empire grow from 30 locations to 40 some locations and then started this agency about five and a half years ago. Wow. So what would you say is something that you know now that you wish you would have known when you started this agency for yourself? I think, you know, what has been really helpful for me to just step back and think about is focusing on an expertise in an industry. Um, I think before I was just excited to learn new things. And so not having that specialization, I think, is really the key learning that I've had. That makes sense. So what was it like for you to be in this particular space during the pandemic as a new business? You know, I, I really lucked out. It was, I had onboarded some really great clients just before the pandemic started. They were slightly larger restaurant groups that had solid footing. And so the projects that I was working with them on were about new developments and new growth, not as much on some of the existing locations that they had. So regardless that life cycle, it can be 18 months, two years, three years, right? So I, I think we were all a little trepidatious about what the new world order was gonna look like, but we knew that restaurants were always gonna have a place in the world. And so they kept chugging forward and that, that kept us alive. I had other smaller clients, however, that weren't that way. And for me, it's very partnership driven. So I chose to support those clients uh, for that that year or so period, knowing that I wasn't necessarily getting paid for that or my retainer was was reduced, uh, just to continue to build that relationship with them. That makes a lot of sense. So what are your goals for the business over the next couple of years? Or would you like to see it by 2025? Yeah, you know, I'd really like to see that we grow our client base outside of the West Coast. Uh, since most of my professional career really was in the California region, all of my contacts are, are really focused here. And I'd love to really grow into supporting East Coast clients and, and Midwest and really take some of the expertise we have here and bring it to, to other markets as well. It sounds like you had a pretty sweet gig working with a celebrity chef and you don't need to name names or anything, but I'm very curious as to what caused you to decide to go out on your own rather than maintaining um, your status with that person? Sure. So as I mentioned earlier on, I'm just a fairly entrepreneurial person, right? I think what led me to even go to that position is I was ready to move on from my existing business partnership um, and find new opportunities. And this just sort of came about at the right, right day at the right time. Um, and it made sense. But after being there for a little bit, you know, I, I really realized that my heart and passion goes to running and leading my own business and working with various different people. How was it that you were able to get the opportunity to work with the celebrity chef to begin with? Uh, they were a client of mine uh, with my previous agency for about three years and were in the need for a new lead of their marketing team. And so they had reached out to me and we just had conversations and that sort of grew over a period of time. And it just made sense at a certain point. So when we talk about the hospitality industry itself, there's a lot of different things that could mean, that could mean, it could mean hotels, it could mean restaurants, it could mean tourism. So what would you say is among the most common mistakes that new businesses in this space make that, that cause them to fail down the road? Uh, they're, too focused on operations 
tonally. And wh where I think that really, I can take that a step further is, is really thinking about an experience from a branded experience mindset. What are all the touch points, whether you be a restaurant or a hotel or travel, what are you really doing slightly differently that plays into what your brand is all about to make sure that you're creating an experience that reinforces your brand narrative, but also becomes something that feels a little bit more unique and memorable rather than just focusing on a great, great time out. Have you found that it's difficult to convince new or existing businesses of the importance of building a strong brand for a long-term strategy? Because I know that when I started my business, I was so focused on what needed to be done now that I sort of put on the back burner any sort of long-term thinking. Sure. I think that it's easier now than it was maybe five years ago, 10 years ago. I think there are a lot more people now that really understand the idea of brand, where I think previously a brand was a logo. Um, so, you know, that's not as challenging now, I would say, for startups, especially in the restaurant or hospitality space. I think that that is more of a struggle for existing companies that are used to doing things a certain way and not necessarily wanting to shift their mindset on how they need to approach their growth going forward. How important would you say a logo is to a business in this space? And, and what kind of resources should a business allocate toward its development? I mean, there's all sorts of different tools, whether you go really cheap from 99designs or Fiverr or <laughs> Upwork or something like that to spending hundreds of thousands of dollars with somebody who's you know really seasoned in the space. What are your thoughts on how businesses should approach that decision? Yeah, I think, you know, a brand brand identity is always important, regardless of what that investment you're putting into it is. I think that really the most important part is understanding what it is that the message needs to be that you need to convey uh, across the board and making sure that that logo is helping support that, right? It, it used to be, it takes seven times for someone to see your brand to uh, commit it to memory. And now that's up to 15 plus times. And so if every single touch point from your logo to your collateral, to your ads, to your menu are not helping to convey that right, then you're not doing a great job and making sure that you're creating that memorable opportunity for someone to know who you are and what you're about. You know, when it comes to restaurants, I think that when you're making that investment, you, you have to look at what your long-term goal is. I think if you're a restaurant that's looking to grow, into a multi-unit within the existing brand or with the same brand, then I think that's something that you really do need to invest in, right? Because you need to make sure that you're putting a lot of thoughtfulness and strategy behind the decisions you're making. If you truly are a mom and pop that's opening up a small neighborhood restaurant, is it still important to have a strong brand? Yes. Is that something that you need to be investing hundreds of thousand dollars in? Probably not. You're not going to get the ROI out of that, right? Uh, but you still need to have something that's more than your name typed up in Times New Roman hanging on the wall. So as a hospitality focused consultancy, what are the services specifically that you offer just to give everybody a sense of what the specifics are that you do? Absolutely. So we work with small restaurants and larger restaurant groups at various different points of what they're looking for. Uh, we help clients develop new concepts. So you might be an existing restaurant group that's going into a new market uh, you're not sure that something in your existing portfolio is going to work in that market. So we'll help do that research, uh, pull the data and 
tie the anecdotal information together to understand if that concept will work. If not, we'll help you create a brand new concept uh, as we've done for a restaurant in Orange County, California called Solstice. Uh, that was a new restaurant for a restaurant group that needed to find an opportunity in that market. Some restaurants already have those concepts and they'll come to us to help define that brand and create that brand narrative and identify ways to bring that to life throughout the overall experience. And then we'll work with those restaurants for ongoing marketing, or we work with restaurants also just on ongoing marketing and really helping to identify ways to expand their digital presence in a way that is relevant and helpful for them without breaking the bank when it comes to marketing. So what goes into the launch of a new business in a space like Orange County? It's a fairly affluent space. It's highly competitive. There's a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great food. Uh, and and I, I asked the question in the context of things like timeline, how, how long should you be planning? What should be done in what order? Uh, and what does the actual launch need to look like? Sure. Well, if you're doing it correctly, right, you're really thinking about the brand and the overall experience uh, prior to any construction or any interior architectural design being put together. So that way, all of that comes into play as you're making any of those decisions, right? So as you think about the construction life cycle and the permitting life cycle, that in itself can be anywhere from six months to a year, especially now as supply chain is, is even more haywire than it used to be, right? Um, so ideally, you're starting probably about a year out, really thinking about what the concept is, thinking about what the brand is and what that overall experience is. As you then get into defining the collateral package, that's probably closer to about eight months out. And then as you're thinking about your um, opening marketing plans, you should really be thinking about that plan about six months out with the idea of executing at three months prior to opening. So that way you're doing a good job of getting any long lead media from a PR perspective uh, to then your very specific, tangible, targeted efforts, whether that be social media, uh, emails, or, or other specific digital channels. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. What would you say is the difference between a restaurant that makes it and one that doesn't from the perspective of what it is that you do? Obviously, the restaurant business is something that's notorious for having a high failure rate and very low margins. Uh, what important differences are there between businesses that make it or restaurants that make it versus not? Uh, restaurants that I think that truly think about the overall experience and don't get in their own way with thinking they know the right way to do everything, right? I think a lot of times these businesses or restaurants that don't make it, they tend to be small business owners that are doing something because they love it, not necessarily because that's what the market is looking for or needs, right? And so getting out of your own way, making sure that you are doing something that is relevant to your target audience is the first thing that I think a lot of restaurants don't really think about. Um, secondly, again, just listening to that audience and creating an experience that is relevant to them uh, goes a long way. And using experts when when necessary, right? Restaurants really focus a lot on food cost and the, the bottom line. But if you are really thinking from a long-term perspective, driving your top line revenue is, is oftentimes way more important because that is what's going to keep your guests coming in the door and keep you busy and 
have that life cycle or business coming in on a regular basis. Um, I always say to clients, having a great meal is not enough. You could have a bad experience and some of the best food you've ever had in your life, and you're never going to go back to that restaurant again. You could have mediocre food and an amazing experience, and you will probably go back to that restaurant numerous times in your life because you remember the experience, the memories, the time, the laughs, all of that that came into that that evening. That makes a lot of sense. So I'm curious to know, one of my favorite books is um, uh, E-Myth Revisited. And one of the key themes of that book is there's a difference between being the person that loves doing the thing and then the person that loves running the business that does the thing, right? So a lot of chefs, for example, love to prepare food and serve food, mm -hmm. but they might not have the experience or the passion behind actually running a restaurant. Uh, so what is your advice to, to talented chefs who want to start a restaurant? Should they actually hire a CEO to run it or uh, uh, can they be successful running it themselves? I think a lot of chefs are actually extremely intelligent and, you know, if they've taken the time to grow up in the industry, they know numbers, they know operations, they really get a lot of that. So do they need a CEO for a single location for 10 locations? Probably not. I think that if they are building the right team across the board to help support them, that may not be necessary. Uh, having a strong operations person, having a, a strong marketing person or a smart, strong marketing agency that you're using to really kind of build in the capabilities uh, around you, I, I think is far more important. Obviously, in the uh, restaurant space, it, it can be a very trendy space, right? Uh, famous examples, too, in, in terms of bars. In New York, for example, Studio 54 was really hot for a long time, but a lot of people start nightclubs and then they're, they're all the rage. And then six months later, they're not. So what's your advice to businesses in terms of pivoting as they need to pivot and adapt as they need to adapt over time as, as trends change? I think that's crucial, right? I think that you should not lose the, the ultimate ethos of who you are and what your brand is about. However, staying relevant and changing with the times it is always necessary. I think that we see historic brands just even from a logo perspective, change their logos over time, right? To make sure that they're staying relevant and with the times. And that very much is true with the restaurant. Your food needs to evolve. Your experience needs to evolve. I, I think COVID was a really great opportunity that allowed a lot of restaurants to have to think differently and open their mindset to what different ways that their guests want to experience food and dining in general needs to be with you know third-party delivery uber eats and doordash that was all there prior to covid covid just accelerated that experience and it forced a lot of restaurateurs to really get on board with that and understand how to change their offering to really optimize for that now coming out of covid finding talent to work in a restaurant continues to be a problem Recruiting is, is really challenge number one for restaurants. And so how do we now update the overall operational experience to become a little bit more efficient, knowing that we may never have a full staff working in the restaurant again? And so how can we take care, take advantage of different technologies to really help augment that experience? Um, and what are those hallmark experiences that we don't want to get rid of or touch points that we don't want to get rid of to make sure that we are 
creating an interesting time out and not just giving people food that they could have delivered at home. So where can people find you and follow you as well as engage with your brand? Sure. So our, our website is cultivatehospitality.com. Our Instagram handle is by cultivate. And those are truly, you know, the, the, the key spaces that we work at keeping updated with uh, relevant work that's happening and, and thoughts and um, tidbits of information that we can put out for the, for our clients to see. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure to have you on the Action and Ambition podcast. And I hope you come back and join us again as time passes and keep us updated as to how things are going. Absolutely. I appreciate your time and thank you for the thoughtful questions. Absolutely. Take care. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Action and Ambition with your host, Andrew Metal. Please leave a review and subscribe and go to andrewmetal.com for all the exclusive lessons, behind the scenes footage and video content of the show. Follow us on Facebook and YouTube at Action and Ambition and we'll see you on the next episode.